0: Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of Funk Radio, your favorite podcast for all of your funky needs. Yay. Uh, This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. I'm very excited. Yes. I have a runny nose, so if I sniffle a lot during this podcast, I'm sorry.
1: I thought I was small, that cocaine that you've been buying with money that we've been getting in our tip
0: jar. Oh, yeah, that's true. I have a large pile of it here on my desk that I'm just like occasionally just shoving my face into my whole face is actually covered in powder right now
1: I was about to say Kyle (laughs) has anyone told you that's powdered sugar
0: (laughs) I knew it was too cheap to be true it's like in high school when like the high schoolers sell oregano to like middle schoolers and tell them it's weed So, speaking of uh, illegal activities... Illegal things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What are we talking about today, Peter?
1: Well, um, I think it was, what was it, two episodes ago? Yes. That we did uh, the the topic about pirate radio, uh, which I think both of us found really interesting. And in that conversation, we kind of (laughs) said, there's all these different aspects of pirate radio we can kind of dig into Mm -hmm. for their own episodes. And so pretty close to on, the, on the heels of that episode, we're, we're already coming back to the topic with one of those kind of more specific subtopics of it, which is uh, more modern cases mm-hmm. of pirate radio. Because obviously, obviously, like we said in that episode, it illegal radio broadcasting has been going on basically since the beginning of radio. Um, True. But um, I guess this topic, which you really did, all the research for this kind of covers pretty recent cases right
0: yeah yeah it basically kind of takes a look at um pirate radio or, or unlicensed radio kind of in its modern form and the different ways that unlicensed broadcasting are used uh in today's society even you know with the internet and stuff being out there i i guess just to cover the basics first in case you Decided not to listen to our last episode, second to last episode, which I understand. Pirate radio, uh, usually implies an unlicensed broadcasting or use of part of the radio spectrum that would normally be reserved for government or public or commercial use. Uh, you see, the radio is like waves. <coughs> um, that's you know. There's a spectrum of wavelengths, and different wavelengths are assigned to different stations. And if someone right. decides, "Hey, I'm going to use my transmitter and transmit on this wavelength without licensing from the FCC," you could get in trouble. Yeah. It in the U.S. specifically, um, pirate radio is actually frequently kind of associated with anarchism. um Basically because it's kind of going around government authority to basically do what you want, which is kind of the basic of anarchism. It's the idea of, like, I don't want governments telling me what to do. There should be no governments. You know, the thing that, like, pirates and edgy 17-year-olds subscribe to.
1: Very similar groups. People don't consider that often enough.
0: It's true. Uh, Yeah, uh, fun fact, 12% of kids that don't go to college become pirates. Uh, So go to college, kids, or else you'll be out on a boat. (laughs) Blasting (laughs) the
1: radio wave.
0: Yeah, fighting with other boats and burying treasure. Hmm. (laughs) So there's obviously other reasons besides anarchism that people use um, pirated radio transmissions, either due to licensing costs they can't afford, or just wanting to get information out there that maybe the government doesn't want you to know.
1: And I don't want to, I feel like this whole episode could be like, oh, back in the other episode we talked about this and this, and I'm going to try not to do that that too much. But in that episode we did talk about a lot of the reasons that people do pirate radio. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's more of like the, like, oh, you know, uh, we should be able to play whatever music we want without censorship or without licensing the music. Or maybe it's more along the lines of talk radio and we want to reach a certain audience that isn't being reached by the mainstream radio stations. Exactly. Stuff like that.
0: And the funny thing is that there's actually like divisions within the FCC that literally just go around hunting for pirate radio stations. It's kind of funny. Basically what they do is they have vans and they drive around, you know, areas that they suspect pirate radio stations might be and basically just you like utilize like their Transmission interceptor thingy jigger to kind of analyze a, a broadcasting band on either FM or AM. And basically, they just kind of like, I don't know, dog catchers. Do they
1: tune into like all the different frequencies and try to find stuff.
0: Essentially, um, that's what that's basically what I'm trying to say, but I'm saying very poorly. <laughs> uh, the funny thing though is that even though you basically have all these different pirate radio stations. The funny thing is because oftentimes their range isn't f- super far. Most people aren't going to pick up pirate radio stations unless they're specifically looking for them. And in fact, right. I, I guess among radio enthusiasts, like, you know, people that use, like, CB radios and shit, um, it's actually kind of a hobby to try to find pirate radio stations.
1: Which oh, is that's interesting.
0: kind of weird, yeah. Yeah.
1: Huh. Um,
0: so but arguably yeah like if you're just in your car and you're flipping through radio stations you're highly unlikely to stumble across a uh, a pirate radio station hm because their broadcasts are so uh what's the word limited and obviously So it's it,
1: almost it, like geocaching except
0: yeah it's like po- it's like pokemon go except you're catching catching people doing illegal things <laughs> So, yeah, so the FFC has these divisions that use spectrum analyzers to basically try to hunt down pirate radio people. Um, now, although most people aren't going to be stumbling across pirate radio stations, you know, when they're driving to work, pirate radio stations are actually incredibly important for different immigrant communities uh, within the U.S., uh, largely, obviously, in major cities like New York, California, Florida. A lot of these ethnically similar areas or whatever, often we'll have pirate radio stations that offer them things like news from the countries they're from, or um, I guess, obviously, in the language that they speak, whether it's Spanish or, I don't know, Swahili or whatever.
1: Or the music from their culture. That yeah, isn't exactly. That stuff.
0: Exactly. Because, yeah, I mean, when you flip through radio stations, it's always like, you know, pop, there's some Spanish stations... But if you're a new immigrant from, like, I don't know, what's a weird place no one comes from? Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm not going to answer that.
0: Bhutan. Um, if, you're, if, you're <laughs> 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 if you're coming from, like, Bhutan or something, you might want to find a mm-hmm. radio station that tells you about all the things going, back, going on back in your home country. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing, I guess, is that fairly recently the FCC has been cracking down a lot harder on these bootleg stations partially because um, a lot of times on some of these stations, especially Spanish language ones, um, immigration lawyers are often coming on some of these station shows and basically giving uh, legal advice uh, Hmm. to certain immigrants that obviously apparently aren't here legally. So
1: you're saying that the the crackdown more so recently is specifically on
0: I mean I don't want pirate radio
1: stations I, for these groups. Yeah, or? the crack
0: the well they've basically been cracking down across the board, but mainly the FCC has been basically increasing the punishments when they do discover these um, pirate radio stations partially because they do serve immigrant communities. And mm. with the recent wave of anti-immigrant Stuff that has been going on in our politics, um, right. they basically see these radio stations as aiding and abetting illegal people. Hmm. So that's depressing. A lot of these stations, you know, they don't have... Uh, basically, they just have their station. They don't have streaming versions. They don't have websites. So the only way people can access this information that's important to them is right. obviously through traditional radios. But now that the FCC is cracking down a lot more on these stations, these people aren't able to get... Information that may be helpful to them, either in acclimating to the new places that they're immigra- that they've immigrated to, uh, businesses that are around them that you know may, may be offering work, whatever. Hmm. Going going back to the crackdown, I guess, uh, as recently back as to the crack. Back to the crack. Uh, as recently as March of this last year, a combination of New Jersey Representative Leonard Lance and New York Representative Paul Toco Taco. Toko. Looks like (laughs)
1: Toko. I'm going to guess it's not Taco. (laughs)
0: Um, Introduced a new piece of legislation called the Preventing Illegal Radio Abuse Through Enforcement Act, or PIRATE. So the PIRATE Act, quote, uh, which actually increased the maximum fines for operating illegal stations from around $19,000 a day to $100,000. My God. Under current laws, the FCC can fine license stations up to one hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars, but with the Pirate Act, that would increase the cap to two million dollars.
1: So, so, did that go into effect?
0: Let's find or out. <laughs> because oh, okay,
1: so it was just—I guess it was proposed. It, it, it in was March. Inter-
0: It was introduced, but whatever auto- that means. The article I found did not say whether it was passed or not it, because it was written in March, which is not helpful. Oh. Here we go. Oh yeah, it it passed.
1: Okay, so previously, the daily fine for our pirate radio station was around $19,000. Now it can be up to $100,000. And in addition to that, the maximum the yeah. maximum fee, like total, Used to be one hundred and fifty thousand ish, and now it's two million. Yeah, that's a huge.
0: Basically, job. if you're caught and then you continue to to operate it, obviously they're not mo- going to monitor you and be like, "Hey, stop doing that." Uh, right. So yeah, they basically massively increased the fines to prevent people from starting new stations for fear of massive fines. So mm. that's depressing too. But yeah, basically, I guess the crux of the political situation now is that. Uh, due to the larger crackdown on illegal immigration as a whole, all, the FCC is pa- kind of being used as an enforcement arm to crack down on stations that may that, that I guess the government is considering to be aiding and abetting illegal immigrants. So
1: it's interesting. I want if if that aspect of pirate radio didn't exist for whatever reason, and it was just I like, wonder. I wonder if the FCC would really care as much. Pr- probably
0: not. If it was just like a bunch of like nerdy white people doing it as a hobby, probably not. But like I said, <laughs> you're, Lisa, you're describing <laughs> us now. <laughs> oh my God, we're pirates! Um, <laughs> I start transforming. Uh, do you remember that the that '90s movie, a goofy movie? Oh yeah, classic. Do you remember the big? Be- you remember the beginning of that movie where the, the kid has a nightmare that he turns into Goofy?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. He always told me that, yeah. that terrified you.
0: It completely terrified me, which is why I'm bringing it up. Uh, this is my way of working Oh, I see.
1: It. You're transforming like that. I'm
0: transforming like that pirate. into a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> this is therapy for me, Peter. <laughs> well, it's always good I to mean, be on topic. I I need help. So, jumping back into pirate radio, um, fun fact: since I mentioned earlier that Florida has a lot of pirate radio stations, um, the in Miami, the burgeoning underground pirate radio scene actually was pretty instrumental in getting a lot of um, local artists airplay and a lot, I guess, get, allowing them to be discovered when their stuff wouldn't be played on major stations that's another right. i was gonna say that's another uh aspect i guess of pirate radio that i i wouldn't be surprised if the fcc wanted to crack down on because then you know these artists aren't having to pay proper stations to have their songs played or go through the proper channels of like a recording studio or whatever a record right. label. is that a lot of times local up-and-coming artists will you know get their stuff played on these pirate stations and it kind of acts as almost like an underground music scene to allow these people that either their content isn't popular enough to be played on major stations or it's controversial or what have you. Um,
1: It's an interesting outlet considering, and we've talked at length about this before, but just like Mm -hmm. how easy it is to distribute your music online Mm -hmm. and to get exposure that way. It's interesting that these people are, it's
0: going through the old going channels. out of their
1: way to broadcast themselves on illegal radio it's cool and I'm sure like they're still reaching certain groups of people that probably you wouldn't reach otherwise or maybe they're not I don't know it's just it's an interesting thought
0: true true but yeah the reason I was kind of getting into this, this segment of it was the uh rapper DJ Khalid 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 I don't know. Um, actually, went around Miami trying to get, you know, regular radio stations to play his songs, and they were all like, no. So the only station that ended up agreeing to, to play his music was this pirate station called Mix 96, uh, which was a Caribbean, um, I guess, not Caribbean-themed, that sounds weird, Caribbean-acclimated uh, pirate station uh, in bisane boulevard miami or on bisane boulevard miami Mm. and because they gave him a shot he became famous and i guess now he's a big deal i don't
1: i don't know uh i'm not really familiar with his work but i know the name yeah and the fact that i know a rapper's name must mean that they're pretty big (laughs) because i don't rap (laughs) music very closely
0: um that's probably actually a good point
1: (laughs) yeah the fact that and i'm just looking at his wikipedia page really quick just briefly and it seems like he's got a lot of acclaim and discography in his history so actually he goes back at least 12 years Mm -hmm. yeah i guess that's an aspect that we never really thought about in the previous episode was like people who actually became big in music getting their start in pirate radio Mm -hmm. i'm curious if there's more cases than we think of that i've never heard of that before but i mean it happened for DJ Khaled, so I don't know if it could happen with anyone else.
0: Going back to, I guess, the FCC cracking down on these stations, hmm. another way outside of just using vans uh, to scan, scan for these stations... Um, scan vans. Another way other ways that they would basically catch uh, some of these people is they would pose uh, undercover and basically get... Because a lot of these stations, some of the ways that they make money is through ad revenue. They, they sell ad space just like a normal station would, but it's not through the FCC. Mm-hmm. And often uh, FCC agents or even local police would uh, pose as people looking to buy ad space, either for a business or whatever. Mm-hmm. They would get the owners to sell them that ad space and then basically entrap them and be like, hey, you're illegal and you tried to make money off of the bandwidth without the fcc's knowledge and then they rest them um
1: and then and then at that point they put them in a van
0: yes they Maybe. put they put them in a van and take them far far away uh god so sniffly. Ooh. fuck uh, hopefully that doesn't go in the show <laughs> we're professionals <laughs> This is why we could never have an actual pirate radio station. We're not good enough to be live DJs. We're not even good enough for illegal radio. We we require massive amounts of editing. Oh, (laughs) God. The funny thing, though, about a lot of these stations is, surprisingly, they're not that cheap to set up. It's not like I could just whip out a small transmitter and just be like, I have a station now, because it's going to reach 50 feet.
1: Well, you can do that, but that—that's the caveat, right? Is yeah, that exactly. You can't really reach um, anyone beyond, like a, maybe a house or two next to you.
0: Yeah. Um, in fact, transmitters, along with the the antennas that come with them, obviously uh, go anywhere from fifteen hundred to thirty thousand dollars, depending mm. on how far you want to transmit. Uh, then, you obviously you need the audio mixing equipment. Um, you need mm. different audio cables to transmit the audio from the equipment to the transmitters uh, and all that fancy shit. So really, if you want to have like a good professional illegal station, you need about $25,000. So hmm.
1: that's, so yeah, I mean, I can see how if you are in a case like these immigrant communities where like there is a clear need for that mm-hmm. and a lot of motivation for that, that it, it's probably like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. But if you're it's not. You're right, though, it's not just like any average person's like, oh, I'm going to go broadcast to thousands of people. Yeah, exactly.
0: The funny thing is that because of these crackdowns, it is actually pushing more and more of these stations online, uh, where obviously the overhead, oh. overhead is a lot less. And obviously because online, there really is no FCC to monitor you. Um, right. But because a lot of these radio stations serve poor communities, it kind of while moving online gets them a larger audience overall sometimes it's detrimental to the communities they serve because these you know these people don't have time to listen you know pull out their iphone and listen to
1: or they might not have iPhones like there might be more of a disconnect with the audience that is true have you seen any other like specific instances of modern cases of crackdown on on pirate radio
0: Uh, yeah, this was actually, uh, from earlier this year in April, I guess, um, two men who were operating a pirate radio station out of Boulder, Colorado, have been issued a warning, uh, official warning letters to cease their operations. The, they Mm. tracked the station to 95.5 FM. So, Mm. yeah, I mean, there's obviously these individual cases of, like, oh, hey, they're, you know, they sent, I'm sure the FCC doesn't, like, instantly find someone, I would hope, if they discover the pirate radio, it's probably more of like a cease and desist, like, hey, take this down, you're done. Kind of like uh, when you pirate stuff from the internet, the first thing is a warning, Then, if you keep uh, doing it, you get fucked in the ass.
1: So you're thinking that's they don't fine you automatically. I wonder if that's different, if it's like, do you think they retroactively fine Oh, when like, they figure that oh, out, or do they? Oh, is it only from the point of we found you? It's probably
0: from the point that we found you. I'm sure, depending on how long they operated, that that factors into the size of the fine. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they could be like, you've been operating for four years. We're going to find you $15,000 a day for four years, or whatever. Up to $2 million. So yeah, it does, I mean, most of these articles I'm seeing here are basically just pointing to within the last year, there's been a lot more crackdowns on these... Types of stations, but that's that's just like how, what I was saying before. Some these stations serve all sorts of purposes. Some are you know crazy political stations of the far left or the far right that say crazy shit. Um, some are just stations that are trying to serve different ethnic communities. Some are stations that basically just want to play music that isn't you know that's has a popular subgenre like punk or something that mm. isn't really mainstream friendly but the is going around cracking down on all these people. So, yeah. it's a dangerous time to be a pirate. Mm. If you liked this episode, uh, please let us know on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. We also have a website, uh, getyourfunk.com, where we have a tip jar where you can, uh, rather than fine us, you can pay us $15,000 for, <laughs> doing, for doing a service. Yeah,
1: well, the website... It has a tip jar, but it also has all of our episodes.
0: No, it's, um, ju- it's just yeah. a tip jar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know where to find the things now. I don't know what to say.
0: So this has been your host, Kyle.
1: And this has been your host, Peter. Thanks for listening to our rambling.
0: We love you. Bye.
1: Bye.